And the more you can make your significant other feel important, and the more you can make other f- humans feel important, I believe the more successful life you're going to have. Have you ever wondered what makes the difference between those couples who absolutely love to be together and the ones who merely tolerate each other in their old age? Hi, I'm Monica Tanner, wife to a super hunky man, mom to four kids, relationship coach, and intimacy expert. My goal with this podcast is to help you and your partner swap resentment for romance, escape the roommate rut, and nurture a bond built on trust, communication, and unconditional love. Each week, I'm sharing the secret strategies that keep couples madly in love, dedicated, and downright giddy about each other from the honeymoon phase to the golden years. I'm on a mission to crack the code of happily ever after, and I'm sharing those juicy secrets right here because an awesome marriage makes life so much sweeter. Let's get to it. Hello, and welcome to the Secrets of Happily Ever After podcast. I'm your host, Monica Tanner, and I'm super excited about our guests today. They are longtime friends, Bart and Sunny Miller. And the reason I wanted to have them particularly on this episode is because they are epic. They have a program and a business called I Do Epic. And I feel like that is such a great way to describe the two of you. You've been uber successful in business together. You have these incredible kids, like just an outstanding family, and you've done it all together. And I'm sure, and we can talk about this, you have faced lots of challenges, but you have grown through them and just created this epic life. So I wanted to have you on specifically to talk about how to finish out this year really strong and set yourself up for epic success in the next year. So welcome, you guys, to Secrets of Happily Happily Ever After. How are you guys doing? We're great. Yeah, fantastic. How are you? So good. So good. Yeah, good to see you. It's been a while. I know. I know. It's always a pleasure when we get to talk. I feel like we really got to know each other well in, you know, in the middle of COVID when we hosted a bunch of um, clubhouse rooms together. And so I thought this conversation would be kind of fun if we just did that style of, you know, I feel like we just showed up in a room and we were just really helping people with their marriage and their business and how to work together and all of that. And so when I was thinking of this episode, I was like, oh, you guys, it has to be you guys. So will you spend a few minutes and just um, talk about your your family, your businesses, like what you, the just the epicness that you ha- have created together? Well, as I always say, I am epic. And she, she, you know, I do Epic. So she has a shirt that says I do Epic and I am Epic. So take that for what you're worth (laughs) and uh, think that through a little bit. You might get a laugh, but um, we have amazing kids. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) I got it. (laughs) Uh, We have amazing four kids. Um, One that right now it lives in Rexburg, Idaho, that's married. One that lives in Hawaii that is working for us and with us there. We have a daughter that lives in Provo, Utah, and we have a young man that lives here at home. And, uh, you know, as a family, we've done lots of fun things. And luckily we've been blessed to be amazing entrepreneurs in multiple different companies, bought and sold and grown. And right now our main focus is really just helping entrepreneurs architect their life by design and uh, just humans to do that. And so we have multiple things that we do uh, from networking and accountability groups to high ticket stuff to, you know, all sorts of things. So Sunny and I have had a couples product out there before. Um, 
we've been asked a lot lately to put another couple's product out there, <laughs> but uh, we, we do love helping couples. And that's why, you know, on the different things we would jump on on clubhouse and really try to just give some insights. Not that we're perfect, but we've been married for 28 years and we found a few things that work and they're different things that a lot of people haven't tried. And so uh, I think that's us in a nutshell. I don't know. Sonny's a musician um, loves to play music and it's the back end of our company. And I do a lot of the front end stuff and uh, love to do all sorts of sports and that kind of stuff. So that's really a little bit about us, I guess. Well, I think one of the coolest things that you said in there that I kind of latched onto was you're helping people architect their lives by design. And I think that's so important because, you know, I feel like in order to have epic anything, you have to start with a really good foundation of your relationship and how you work together and how you use your unique gifts and talents and weaknesses together to be able to create all that you create together. So that's what I really want to talk about today is like, talk to us about just, I mean, let's just start with your relationship and kind of some of the things that you guys do because you're always together. I I mean, every time I see you, you know, you travel together, you work together, you, and you, you're very different people. And so how does that, what does that look like? Go ahead. Well, trying to think where to start with that. So yeah, that was a pretty big question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can get you started. The The big thing is, is when we first got married, we decided that we wanted to be in a want, want relationship, not in a want, need relationship. And so many couples don't start there. And I think it's a mistake. And so they look up, they get to a certain point and it's like, well, I built his career or I built her career. Now what? And I can't say what I want to say, because if I do, I don't have anything. I spent all these years building this. But if I were left, then I, I wouldn't have anything. So therefore, I don't have a voice. My voice has been taken. My my uh, my part of the relationship didn't feel as important, you know, that kind of stuff. So when we when we saw that, we really set things up to where if Sunny wants a divorce today, mm-hmm. she can leave. But she's whole. She doesn't have to worry about what she has, what she doesn't have. She's whole. If I want to leave, I'm whole. Therefore, when we have conversations, I don't have to hide anything, nor does she. If I'm not happy, I can be very, very transparent with that, but not worried about, but what if, you know, what if, what if, what if. So we're in a want-want relationship, not in a want-need relationship. And I think so many people find themselves in a want-need relationship. They don't think they're in that until they really analyze where they're at. And it's like, oh my gosh, I'm really holding you back. Because if you truly had everything you you know, the autonomy to, with everything you want, you would be a different human being. And that's including sexually, it's including business, that's include all things, right? And so anyway, that's just to start it. But I think that gives you, and then one thing we do and have done is every five years, we reassess because the person you married today mm-hmm. isn't the person you married five years ago or three years ago. And if you're not evolving, then you're not growing. So therefore in a relationship, both of you are evolving. You either evolve together or you evolve apart. So every five years and maybe sooner for some need to do this, you need to really sit down and hash that out. Are we growing together or in the last five years have we grown apart? And if we've grown apart, do we want to come back together or do we want to go different directions? 
And that's, that's a tough topic, but not as tough as you'd think if you're, you know, if you don't face it, right. Cause you're not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. People say all the time, well, I didn't, it's not who I married. Well, you're exactly right. It's not who you married. Nor, <laughs> should, it be. nor should it be. That's the funny part. So what you're mad about yeah. is also what you're, you're not the same person either. And if you think you are, I don't know what tree you've been smoking from, but you've been smoking. So, you know, like you just got to be real. So two things. Number one is get your relationship to where you're going to want, want in our personal opinion. Number two is get your relationship to where you can face hard things. And if you can't be able to part for each other in five years, but be honest. Yeah. And I would maybe expand on that just a little bit to look at it from a different perspective is that like we recently went to Burning Man and the couples that we met there, even if they were married, would introduce themselves as, as partners. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we came home and we're integrating like some of the things that we learned and and wanted to take from that. And it's like, you know, if you look at your marriage as a partnership instead of a traditional marriage, you do open yourself up to this type of thing that Bart was just saying. It's like, okay, what does our partnership look like? Who does what? Who does this? Like, what's our sexual agreement? What's our you know, day-to-day agreement, who does the lawn or who does, you know, and then you can actually look at it as an agreement where sometimes when you just, you get married, you just take on traditional roles without really stepping back and looking at them and seeing if they fit you as a couple. But like the partnership and the marriage should be all about what fits you, not what fits Monica and, and Ben, not what fits, you know, other people. It should look different. And being able to step back and do that, I think, is very important for success in our relationship. Yeah, I think that's really interesting to think of yourselves as partners because it's it's really true. Um, when you when you put it more in that frame that you're partners, a it's easier, I think, to set up that want want relationship instead of the want need relationship. Um, and the other thing is when you think about yourselves as partners, it's easy to renegotiate the roles. Like if something's not working for you, to be able yeah. to say okay, I want something different. Like, you know, this is how we've maybe done this in the past, but how can we make this work better for both of us? Cause you're a partnership and not like relying on each other. Or like, no, you're the, you're the, you're the woman. So this is your job, regardless of whether it works for us or not, you know, and vice versa. Exactly. And I think that's going to look different for every couple. And it's also going to look different in every stage. And I remember uh, you guys talking about your offices. So I would love for you to talk more about that, um, how you can kind of, because I think this is definitely like a yearly renegotiate, a, a yearly renegotiation is like, okay, so this is how we've done this this year. Is this still working for us? Is this still the most effective? Um, how do we want to set up our offices for the year to come? Yeah. And I think any new year gives you a great opportunity to reevaluate. And that's once again, back to language, right? So language is a big thing. And that's the thing. If you look at the term marriage, go look at the definition of it, go look at the definition of a partner. They're, they're different terms very clearly. That being said, understand what works for you and offices for us is our business portion. So your marriage portion, your business portion can be and probably should be separated so you have different roles. But in the same thing in business is you usually have a partnership and an operating agreement. So when we set up our business, we look at all the people in what offices that they need to be in. Then once we have that all defined, let's say as a startup, there's a lot of those offices that you're going to have in your office because it is a startup. 
as you advance your business, you're going to have different things that'll start to go out of your office and in different other people's offices, and they'll become what they need to. So just look at it as structure of a company. Then secondly, once you define what those offices are and who's in charge of those offices, you got to give them the autonomy to own that office, which means, Monica, if you called me in your office and asked for my opinion, you're asking for my opinion. At the end of the day, if I disagree with you, that's my problem, right? I can have my own, but at the end of the day, it's your decision. It's your office. I have to support that. But once the decision is made, then I've got to be able to go, Monica's right. And I support her 100%, no matter what happens, and let's go get it. And Monica, I'm going to cheer you on to make this happen. And that's where a lot of couples make the mistake is, it's like, Monica, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Monica's like, no, I'm doing this. Well, fuck you then, because I'm like, I'm done. You know, like, but it's in business, and it's really like you don't get that support when reality is, I told you it was your office. I told you all these things, but then I'm going to come in and be a dictator. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. And either way. So when, when it comes in, we can have very passionate discussion. But at the end of the day, when you say, hey, thanks for the input. I think it's awesome. But this is what I really believe to be what I want to do. I need to sit back and go, done. And by the way, proud of you. So excited for you making this decision. And I can't wait to see where we end up. Let's go. And I'm going to play full out to make you successful. Now, let's say hypothetically, it was a bad decision. I don't go and say, huh, told you so. I knew it. If you want to go back and watch the Zoom, told you, right? I go, dang it. You know what? What are we doing next? How do I support you? How do I do this? How do I get there? You know what? We all make mistakes because what we don't, we, I mean, we realize it, but we don't in the heat of the battle. I'm going to have the same thing happen. I'm not going to win all the time as much as my ego might get in the way. It's not going to happen. So therefore the same thing goes for you when you're in my office and you're doing all the things, then we have the same type of respect and communication. So setting those boundaries up, understanding those office, who has the final say, who's wearing the hat of it, supporting them 100%. And then at the end of the year, reevaluate. So let's say that, you know, we get to here and it's like, okay, Sonny, you've had this office, you've done this really, really great job, or, you know, you've had some ups and downs. Do you feel like you're still capable and ready to carry that for another year? And she may say, yeah, totally. Or you know what? No. Then at that point, what if it doesn't fit me? You know, then we have to make those decisions too. Do we need to bring somebody in? How do we deal with this? You know, is that the first person that we need to get off your first thing we need to get off your plate? Whatever it might be. But communication is the number one Achilles heel, in my opinion, in all relationships and in all business. And it's how we communicate, what our expectations are, and then how how easy we are to forgive and forget. Not forgive and kind of forget. <laughs> and hold you know? it on their heads. Yeah. Well, five years later, it's like, do you remember? Or, hey, you remember when this happened to you? Or we liked, we love to throw pebbles in each other's ponds instead of just saying, hey, here's where we start and here's where we're going forward. So therefore, that's the way it is. And I, and I think that that's, anyway, I don't want to get off from what you're saying, but at a new year's time period, it's good in your relationship to do two things. Number one is, are we in a want, want relationship? And if so, what does that look like? Right. Number two is, is if you are in business together, really sit down, look at your roles, look at where you're at in business, how you've worked together. And I, I coach a lot of very high end couples 
And I just ask you to have grace for each other. Sit down, look at the things that you're doing, understand each other's love languages and be as kind as you possibly can in a business aspect, but also separate yourself from your business and your marriage. (laughs) Well, I think there's two really significant things in what you said. The first one is you're mostly talking about business, but you can set up your marriage relationship very similarly. Like, well, that's what we've done since Burning Man. So yeah. to be honest with you, I feel like it, the new generation is seeing that and they understand it better because at the end of the day, then you don't have the confrontation. Like you don't like, honestly, at Burning Man, we met hundreds of couples and they would always introduce themselves as partners unless they really wanted to. They never told you they're, I don't know how they were sexually, but you know, some of them would, I mean, we're, we're a partnership and we're monogamous. Great. Awesome. You know, that's just part of the relationship. That's not the entire partnership. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So just, just I, I guess what I'm saying is, is being married is one term that I think has haunted a lot of young couples and continues to haunt couples to this day because it makes them feel, and it, it was, I mean, the old traditional way when I was, I mean, I'm 50 years old. There was expectations when I got married. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be clear. Like I was raised by my amazing grandmother. Like there was food on the table every single night. Didn't have to worry about that. There was, I fed the horses. I fed the cows. When I walked in, my clothes were washed. My bed was made. You know, there was just these things. Electric blanket was turned on for him at night. Yeah. (laughs) You know, then all of a sudden you get into marriage. What I would say a traditional marriage, you have expectations of what happened for grandma and grandpa. Right. And I did. And so it was like, whoa, why, why are these things not happening? What, what's going on? I mean, that was what you committed to. That was our contract, right? Because there was this term called marriage when we got married. When reality is, if we would have started off in a partnership, we would have avoided a lot of fights okay. and a lot of different things that we just didn't need to. And it would actually made us happier because Sunny loves mowing the lawn, which is awesome. But I felt like it was my duty, even though it was her love. My God, don't you come out here. This is what I got to do to be the man of this house, right? Mm -hmm. But when I built a bridge and got over that, how cool was it that I could do laundry and enjoy it and not feel like I was less of a man and she could go out there and mow the lawn and still be the queen of the house? Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I think we expect so much more from marriage now. It, It looks very different than it did when our parents and grandparents were getting married, like before it was like a marriage of convenience. It's like, I'll do these things. You do these things. Like it, we just get through life together. And there was no expectation of joy and fulfillment and, you know, bettering yourself and becoming the best version of yourself and, you know, all of these things. And now it looks very different. And I think you're right for these young people. It's really important to remember that all of the, there's no right and wrong, like way to do it, right? There's no man's job, women's job. Like, I think that we get really caught up in that, in those, um, uh, what do you want to call them? The, um, the stereotypical roles of marriage, but life is different now. Right. And so I think when you're facing those challenges and you're coming up against that, it's a really important defining moment in a marriage when you're like, Oh, these expectations that I've always had are not working for us. Like this is not my parents' marriage, you know, and how are we going to create and partnerships create, right? How are we going to take your specific experiences, your specific 
skill sets, your strengths, your weaknesses, combine this together and create the life we really want to have. And that's where you're right. Communication is so important, crucial. That's what I really want to leave the listeners with. Like, what does that conversation look like when you're examining your marriage, when you're examining your partnership and you're like, okay, how are we going to the best of our abilities, what we have, create the life that we want? Yeah. From a communication standpoint, is that what you're asking? Yeah. Like, so I think, that, like, give us some examples. Like, what is this? What is this? You know, you're, you, I, I want to call it like a correlation meeting or like a collaboration. Like, we're looking at, you know, here's what happened in the year, in the past year, and how are we going to take this and make it so that we have this epic, next year? Yeah, good question. So I think there's two things you can do. Number one is, I'll step back. Number one, when you're communicating, understand how you like to communicate. Yeah, That's very important. So number one, like Sunny is a great writer. And so sometimes she needs to write it all out. Then we need to sit down and have a conversation. Me, mm-hmm. I'm a thinker. I, I'm emotional. Like I want answers. I want things. He's quick on his feet where yeah. I have to like process. <laughs> yeah. So understand how you communicate before you have this meeting and make sure that you're ready in the way that you like to communicate. So if Sunny needs time, then I need to give her a week to two weeks to be prepared for that get together, just like you would in a partnership or any other relationship. So understand that first. That's what I would say. Number two, what I do and what we do is we sit down and want to communicate through different things. It depends on if it's, if we want to buy something or if it's our sex life, right? You can't, you can't avoid any of that kind of stuff. It's all got to be communicated because finances are a big thing and sex are a big thing. So we start back and say, okay, what are the things that went really well? Man, excuse me this year. And that's the thing you want to think of first, all positives. Like what went really well? What was the greatest things that happened this year? Let's get those out first, right? And that gets you on a real highlight. Now, how many great things that we did do we want next year that we just want to carry over? Is there any of that stuff we just want to carry over? And that's that helps a lot because then you're still in a positive manner. Now, if there was a few things that didn't go well this year, what were they? And let's make a list of those. And then we go through and make a list of what didn't go really well. And then are there any, is there anything next year so we can prevent those that we should add to the list that'll help us so that we don't have those things that went bad. And then the story that I've been telling myself a lot is this, what's the story you've been telling yourself and mm-hmm. do we want to be together in that? And you, you know, yeah. we got that from uh Brene Brown. and uh, I think it's a really good thing. She, you know, she talks through that. So, you know, in the communication. So let's say that all of a sudden I mention. I don't know, we went on this trip and this happened and I was triggered, you know, and that was a bad thing. So therefore, you know, so, you know, you can always go back and say, you know, this was our communication at this point. This is what I was saying. This is what you were saying. We know that now, but we should have communicated it in the moment and we would have had a better holiday. So let's, let's fix that next year to where, when we're upset, how this is what, this is my word, or this is what I'm going to do. So that instantly we can just go boom and we can be into the, you know, the communication the way we want to. So uh, those would be some little things. I don't know if that's answering your question, but just don't be afraid to, there's no off subject. And I think that's the thing that you got to be able to do and say, you know, what did work for us sexually? What didn't work? 
you know, what did work in business? What didn't work? What did work with our kids? What didn't work? What did work with our religion? What didn't work? You know, all those things need to be mapped out. And then you got to work through every one of those. And, you know, like you can't be afraid to challenge and, and challenge yourself in doing that. Well, and just remembering you're on the same team and that you love each other because I don't know, sometimes when we get really heated, it's like we look at each other and go, oh, like we're on the same team. We want the same thing. We love each other. And that like diffuses so much like, okay, how do we work through this that's in front of us right now? You know, because I mean, I guess in communication, you're always going to have things that are going to come up that aren't that fun to talk about, but super important to get through them. And I think it was our last newsletter that we wrote about like, all these different trajectories we've been down just because we didn't have as transparent communication as we could have had all these triggers that lingered for so long, all this like maybe rage or anger or hurt feelings. As I think I, on the podcast, I talked about like, you think about a, a railroad car or a station where there's just like tiny piece of metal that switches a train and it takes a clear down a different path. Like how many times have we done that when we could have stepped back and said, Hey, this is a story in my head. And he could have been like, oh no, that's not what happened at all. That's not, that's not my reality, you know, or vice versa. So just that communication factor. And yes, you know, we can step back and plan for the year, but we have touch points like probably every week. Bart is an amazing communicator. I had to learn to communicate. So he's always been one to come say, hey, this isn't working. Like what's going on? I'm like, oh, everything's fine, <laughs> but it's not, you know? And so it's, it's really, really like, we do have touch points weekly where we're looking at things and, and discussing things. And it's actually really beneficial because it will prevent us from going down a completely different path than we actually want to go down if it's caught in time, you know. Have you taken the intimacy level quiz yet? If not, you absolutely should. All you have to do is go to monicatanner.com backslash quiz and take a three minute quiz. At the end, I'll tell you what level of intimacy you and your spouse are at, and I'll give you next steps to be able to increase your intimacy. Regardless of what level you're at, you can always make improvements. So do yourself a favor and go to monicatanner.com backslash quiz and learn about your level of intimacy and how to improve it. Yeah. We bring up some amazing points there. I mean, communication is so important. It's so important to, you know, create a relationship where there's the trust and safety, where you can really ask for what you want, where you can step up and say, this isn't working for me, or can we find a different way to do this? Or I need you, I I need to ask you for something. Are you open to, you know, me discussing our sex life or, or whatever. Right. And so, and that comes with time and practice. And it also just comes from learning the skills from somebody like, you know, me or, you know, tons of other coaches out there, but in the moment. So you, so you learn the skill sets to be able to communicate really effectively with each other. But in the moment when it feels really hard, my mentor, one of my greatest mentors, Terry real, he talks, he calls this remembering love. And so when you're in the moment and you're heated and you're disagreeing about something and it's not going the way you want, he says, step back and remember love. Remember that the person you're talking to is somebody that you love. And the reason why you're talking to them is to make things better. Like you are legit on the same team. And it's really hard to remember that sometimes when you're at odds and you're disagreeing and something's not going the way you think it should be going, right? 
But if you remember that you're on the same team and if I win, you win, you win, I win, that goes back to those offices, right? It's like, we don't just throw out our opinion and then, you know, wait for our partner to fail. It's like, no, like, if our opinions are different, but our partner is the final say on that, then we support them to the ends of the earth. Because if our partner wins with that, I win with that. And, you know, so I just think that's so important. You know, there are so many communication skills we can talk about, but really in the moment, if you just remember love, the person I'm talking to is somebody that I love. And the reason we're having this discussion is so that we can make things better that like really quickly will resolve a lot of the chaos. It does. It definitely diffuses a lot of whatever's happening. And then you can step back and go, okay, where are we? You know? Yeah. I think another thing too, to ask yourself is, and I think this is something I see a ton of when I'm coaching is humans want to control something. (laughs) And what's funny is we want to control our significant other the same way we control a dog. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to, but it's a lot like we just want to control them in some way, shape or form. And what we have to remember is, is that when we're in control factor, we're in us factor. What's in it for me? Mm-hmm. Instead of looking at and say, I'm going to relinquish all control and what's in it for them. Like, I'm just going to do everything I can to, to just bless them, no matter what that looks like. And I know people are in here going like, oh, come on, are you kidding me? But reality is, if you can truly love the person that you're with for who they are today, but not for who you want them to be tomorrow, you're relinquishing control. Because you're happy that they are where they're at today, just as much as you'll be if they get where they, where you think they need to be. And that's the, that's the funny part is that's where control gets in. Anyway, I could spend all day on it, but just remember to love for who they are, not for who you want them to be. And don't try to control your person into who you want them to be. Well, I think part of that also just one other thing is like, because Bart's my husband, you know, then all of a sudden he's mine, like he's mine. I should be able to control him. Right. And vice versa, but we have to remember, like, we don't get to say what they like to eat. We don't get to say where they like to go. We don't get to say, like, we really should not have that say. And so that's where it comes with being vulnerable enough to step back and say, I want you in your power, even though it means I have no control over that. And that takes a lot of trust and a lot of like strength in your own character to be able to do that. And I would be the first to say, I'm still working on that a lot but I want that for him. Like I do want to be able to say, you know, stand in your power, be who you are, be the man who you are. And I will stand in mine. And together we can be this great thing where a lot of people is like, no, like you're mine. Therefore you do what I want you to do. And then I'll be happy, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm actually writing a book and my, I, I, it's on the laws of connection. I feel like relationships are governed by laws just as matter is governed by the laws of gravity. And so like, you don't have to understand the laws of gravity. Like I don't have to study the laws of gravity if I don't want to, but it's a lot easier to predict what's going to happen if I throw something up in the air. If I understand that what goes up must come down, right? Or an object at rest stays at rest until acted upon, right? So if I know those things, it makes it a lot easier to navigate in the world because I know what's going on around me. 
And the same, I feel, for relationships. Relationships are governed by the laws of connection. So you don't have to study them. You don't have to know what they are, but it makes things a lot more predictable and like simple when you understand it. And one of those laws, my third law of connection, is that your that your partner is 100% like their job is to be 100% themselves, not to make you happy. And I think we get really confused about this. And that's where that control is like, no, yeah. but your job is to make me happy. You should be doing all of these things, right? We have these un, untalked about manuals for how other people should behave. And then we get really frustrated when they don't do it. But the, but the reality is, is that we can only control ourselves, that everybody around us is just doing them. And so if we can understand how that works, that our only, our only control is ourselves. So when our partner is just being themselves, instead of trying to control them or the weather or the economy or all of these things that we cannot control as much as we want to so bad, that we can re- we can control only our response, our reaction, the way we relate to these things that are uncontrollables. Even our children. I, I think it's so funny when I you know talk to parents and they're like, "Oh, I just like I could just make my children do this." Like you can't even make your kids do anything. You can only control how you relate and respond to them. But in so doing, you are having more of an impact on your life. It's like your circle of control grows as you stop trying to control those things that are outside of your control. So that's like a huge law that if people just understood, it would make it so much easier to move around and relate in relationships because you stop. It's a huge losing strategy. It's a huge misconception. If only my partner would, then I could. No, That's like the worst. It's expectations and nobody's ever, you'll always be let down with expectations. Yeah. And it's also funny as in a business partnership, you wouldn't like, there's certain things you would just be like, oh, no big deal. But in my personal partnership, you're right. What the heck? Like, you know, it's just, it's interesting. But anyway, yeah. Control is a big deal. Yeah. So good. So good. Yeah. We could definitely riff on that for a long time. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, So, okay. So give us like a list of just a few things that you guys do either business or in your personal life that you just kind of run through at the end of the year to kind of tie up loose ends and, you know, really get the next year started off strong. You want me to go or do you want to go? Well, I would say with business, it's probably what you would expect. I mean, we talk about our offices. We talk about where we grew, where we're lacking, what our vision is for the new year, um, where our finances are. Maybe, you know, just the normal KPIs. Where's our list at? Where's our continuity at? You know, what do, do we want to pivot into something that's more exciting to us? Or are we excited where we're at? You know, like, um, is there anything I'm missing for businesses? Nope, just taxes at the end of the year. All taxes, accounting. Accounting is a big thing, obviously. And then just planning out the new year. You, we usually have an event about May. So, you know, we'll get the calendar out, see what we've got going on um, throughout the year. What we already know is going to be happening. And then, you know, each quarter we're going to be revisiting things too. But I would say that would be for business. Um, and same thing, kind of start with beginning of the year for our, our relationship would be get out the calendar what are the big events we want to make sure we attend this year as a couple 
Um, what else? I think on that note, just when you're looking at your couple's things, as we get the year out, we buy our time. What we mean by that is, is every month we just buy the tickets to the things we're going to go to. So we've got our year already bought out. So we've already bought our time. And so like, if we know we're going on a trip to Mexico and it's X, Y, Z, we buy the hotel, we pay for the tickets. We already pay for everything. That way we can't back out. If we're going to do the opera, we just go buy the tickets. If we're going to do a jazz game, we're just going to go buy the tickets. We buy our, we buy our dates all the way through. And that way we've already bought our time. And then we just get the sitter and all that already planned out. And that way you've got your year's worth of dates on the docket and it doesn't come down to, Oh, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? It's like, we already know what we want to do because we've discussed all the fun things, you know, our holidays, our vacations, the things that we want to do. You're not going to get them all, but that's one way is to buy your time. And so we go through and buy a lot of our time that way. And that way, Every month we got something we're looking forward to that we're going to be at or we're doing or something like that. And it's already paid for, thought through. We already did it this month, you know? Yeah. And then Bart and I, we're both very personal growth minded. So it's like, we like to work on some things together. So if it's like meditation, is there a course we want to go through? Is there a breathwork course we want to go through? Is there, you know, like, what's the thing we want to learn like right now or throughout the year and where can we learn it? Who can we learn it from? Is there an event? Is there a course? Is there a program um, type of thing? So we would definitely look at some of that stuff as well. Um, look at all the kids, their situations, if there's anything that we can do, you know, to help them or step back from them or, you know, whatever it may be, we're going to look at all the family. We're going to look at, um, you know, we've got horses, we're going to ride them this year. What does that look like? Or pickleball or, you know, whatever it might be, we're going to go through each of those. So that's really something interesting too, that I knew I wanted to bring up with you guys. It reminds (laughs) me, you guys have a lot of fun together. You have a lot of hobbies. You have a lot of, you know, you just, you do a lot of things that are really fun that kind of keep the passion alive. I think in your relationship, will you talk about how you make that really intentional? Well, I think that we do just make it intentional, just like that. Um, I know that a lot of couples kind of have different hobbies and things that kind of take them in different directions. And that might be a little bit important too, to get some space. You know, I don't like to go ride horses during the winter. Like it is very cold. And so Bart will go do that and I will stay home, you know, but as much as we can do together, we do because we want to be together. We want to we want to have fun together. We want to play together. So if it's something that fits both of us, we do, we'll get the calendar out um, and be like, okay, are we going to be in a league or what nights are we going to go play pickleball or what we're going to do to go do that? Because I don't know, it's just, it's more beneficial for us if we can do it together and more fun. Anything to add to that? No, just, I think that all couples have one or two things that they, that they have in mind that they can do together. Even if it's, Hey, we're going to, learn a new hobby together, like ballroom dance. But I think that once you do that, it gives you one more thing to lean into and to have fun with and talk about yeah. when you're doing separate things. If Sonny was to come to me about rowing, for example, I don't know anything about it. It's hard for me to be engaged, even though if I want to study it, learn it, it's hard for me to understand the insides of what she's doing with her team, how it's going, all those things. Right. But if we're both doing the same thing, it's like, oh, you can't believe this, but this is how this happened. And we're both like, yeah, I totally get it. I, you know, you can relate so much and it extends conversations. And so, I mean, if you've seen our family grow like two or three years ago, 
Our whole family did a bodybuilding thing and we all did photos together as a family. Our whole family plays pickleball together. Our whole family, you know, there's just a lot of things that we do, but we extend it out to our kids if they want to be part of it. And usually when mom and dad are doing something, the kids do follow, not always, but a lot of times they follow. And so it keeps them healthy. It keeps them involved. Like, you know, I guarantee you at Thanksgiving, we'll be playing pickleball and everybody will have something to say or, you know, about this or that or the other. The stories are fun, but it brings you together because you're doing stuff. Every time we travel, our kids are always like, you got your pickleball paddles, you got to take them with you or, you know, whatever it might be. So I just think the you've got to be able to think about as a couple, if one of you likes to hike and one of you doesn't, it's going to be hard to get out and hike. But, you know, but if you can't find anything to connect on, then sometimes you got to revisit yourself and say, why am I a fun hater? And what's wrong with me? <laughs> and what do I need to do to make a difference? You know, because it, sometimes it just is that we're flat out fun haters. We've been raised in something that we just haven't pushed ourselves or challenged ourselves. And once we do, it's like, this could really be fun, you know, and we go do it. And if not, then I, what I suggest to a lot of couples is then find something that both of you don't know anything about scuba diving. I don't care what it is, ballroom dancing, whatever, just pick something, painting, whatever it is, pick something. Both of you go learn it together. And it's amazing what you'll see happen in a connection because I'm not coaching Sunny. She's not coaching me. We have somebody else coaching us. And it's like fun because we can laugh at each other, have fun, learn something different, explore something. It doesn't mean we have to do it for the rest of our life. And, and, you know, just go, go, go fun, go try five things out that are just totally different, you know, go try. Anyway, that's just my suggestion. But the more you're together on the right things, I don't know. More connection. Yeah. Yeah, totally good. Okay. So one thing that I really love that you guys do is accountability. You do the, I do epic accountability, which I'm still going to, I'm still <laughs> working towards that. Um, but talk about accountability and the importance of accountability and just really, you know, keeping each other accountable to the things that you feel are important. Yeah. So let's just use it in a, in a couple situation, networking and accountability can be used in anything. And what I find is a lot of couples they say they're going to do things, but they lie to each other, which I'm not saying that's, you know, like they don't, I think intentionally all the time think about it, but you, you don't keep your word. Right. And so like, it can be super frustrating. So what I did is, and it's a long story how I got here. I won't share it, but networking is a big deal in my life and being able to keep my word is a big deal. And my word is what, every time I say something, I'm manifesting something into it. So as I created these groups, I wanted to create something where people had to state their why what, what they, what they live for and then what their intention was for the day. And when you understand your intention of the day, it's amazing how much more success you can have. And as a couple, it's a big deal because if you know every day what we're accomplishing, big miracles can happen. If you don't know, then life is being just designed for you. And so I'm very intentional in wanting that. So I want that for others. So I just created this networking and accountability call that helps people architect their life by design. And I help them through that. They get to learn their why. They get to state it. They get to do all these things and amazing things happen. And I've had everybody in there from ladies who are, and guys that want to lose, lose weight to I got a lady that sold the company for $234 million in there right now. And she cool. came from an orphanage. And she started the company for, it was $700. I mean, it's an amazing story, but she's in this group, you know, and it's just really fun to see people get together and see business grow. Had a young man that couldn't even pay for his first month. Honestly, it was like, he put it on his credit card, but his uncle told him that this group was going to make it 
for him. So he believed him and now he's making $10,000 a month, which just is, and makes quit, me quit his job, quit his job, he's you know, entrepreneur. it's amazing, but we've just had all sorts of cool things. But in that, it just gives you a way to honestly be honest with yourself and show up for you and take action, take action. That's it. And it's the same thing you need to do in your relationship. It's the same thing. The Navy SEALs say, if you can't make your bed in the morning, you got a problem. And people are like, well, I don't need to. Yeah. For you, you do. Everybody needs something. You know, it's just one of those things you do for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, it's like, that's it. So for me, it was critically important because I have fed cows and dogs my whole life and they don't care if it's Thanksgiving, they don't care if it's my birthday. They don't care if it's Monday. They don't care if it's Saturday. All they care is they get taken care of every single day. And I love that because it taught me a lot of principles about a lot of humans. And if I can pour into somebody every single day for five days a week, I can see them dramatically change. And what what we all have to realize is everybody has a little sign around their neck that says, make me feel important. That comes from Mary Kay Ash. And the more you can make your significant other feel important, the more you can make other humans feel important. I believe the more successful life you're going to have. That's it. So that's why I created it. Yeah. Boom. I think we can end there. I think that like, <laughs> wow, like accountability is so important. And you're right. Make me feel important. Make me feel seen. I mean, that is a core human need. And I think that we're all, m- most of what we do is because we want to feel significant and seen. 100%. 100%, and so, yeah. I think you hit the nail right on the head. So my last question that I ask everybody that comes on the podcast is if you had the undivided attention of all the couples in the entire world for just a few minutes, what is the most important thing you could teach them about how to just create epicness next year? You want me to go first? (laughs) Sure. You go ahead. I need a drink. Sorry. Go ahead. So if I had every couple in the world at my fingertips today, and you know, they were just wherever they're at in life is, is I would say, if you're not whole with yourself, you can't be whole for somebody else. So please just take a few minutes for next year and right now and decide how do you become whole? How do you love yourself? And if you don't love yourself right now, uh, how do you love yourself? And how do you get whole with yourself? And I teach this to a lot of men and they think it's really kind of foo-foo until they do it, but I'd challenge every man in the group and I would challenge every woman in the group to go into their mirror, take their lipstick and write, I love you. And if they can't look themselves in the, in the eyes and say that 10 times, they've got a problem. And if they can't, then they need to repeat it for a month. Every day that they see themselves in that mirror, they got to look in there and say, I love you. And then after that, I am enough. I am enough. And if they'll do that every day, every time they see that mirror, you'll see a new human evolve because you'll start to see that you can love yourself. But I can't tell you how many people, if I stood before them all, these couples, women and men that can't look at themselves in the mirror, in their own eyes and profess their love for themselves. Yet they want to profess their love for another human. So my big rant would be, how do I help you become whole, architect your life, get you to where you love you, get you to be hope-based, not fear-based. And hope-based means in my world, help one person every day, help you, then help somebody else. Fear-based is you're freaked out every second. So if I get you back to those principles, 
then instantly you can make a difference in the world and in your relationship. So good. So good. How do I follow that? <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, oh, I know Sunny's going to come. <laughs> Honestly, it's really along the same lines. Um, becoming a whole person along the same lines that we talked about earlier about you're only able to control yourself because, you know, so many times we do look at our partner and if only you were this, if only you were that, like this drives me crazy, that drives me crazy. But if you step back and go, okay, am I a person that I would want to marry? <laughs> and really look at yourself and go like, oh, no, there's like some real issues there that would drive me crazy if I was married to me. Mm-hmm. And really start to look at that. You know, how many times, um, no disrespect, but, you know, we know people who have gotten a divorce and all of a sudden they're ready to go to the gym and and look great and change their bodies and do all the things where it's like, if you're doing that to attract somebody else, why didn't you do that for your partner? You know, so really taking a look at yourself and starting to work on those things that, you know, you need to work on. I mean, I think at some level we can all be self-aware enough to go, okay, like I need to, I need to do this better, not just for my spouse, but for me, because it will make me a better person. So maybe going into the new year, stepping back and, and reevaluating some of those two. And obviously if you love yourself and feel worthy, you'll be setting yourself upright to start working on some of those other things. Yeah. I think you topped it. I think you nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) The icing on the cake. (laughs) So good. And uh, you know, that's really interesting because I hadn't thought about this before, but I think this is probably going to be next week's podcast episode because it goes so nicely with what we (laughs) talked about. But I think if you can humbly ask your partner, what is it like to be married to me? And then really, really take that answer in. And, you know, that will help you really set yourself up for success. If you could really love yourself and really ask yourself, am I somebody that I would want to be married to? And then just take it that one step further and say, what is it like to be married to me? And take all of that data and just make yourself some intentions and some goals for the next year. Like, I don't think you can go wrong with that. No. (laughs) Well, you guys are awesome. Thank you so, so much for spending this time with me. Why don't you tell the listeners or the viewers where they can find more about I Do Epic and what you guys do and how you support people and couples to engineer their best life? Awesome. So pretty soon we're going to have an amazing landing page up at idoepic.com. Very soon. Maybe not as early as next week, but you can follow Bart on Instagram at Bart Allen, A-L-L-A-N, Miller underscore. Um, I'm on Instagram as well, Sunny Lynn Miller. And then we are starting a TikTok together that's going to be very epic and you'll be able to find out all kinds of epic information. So on TikTok, we'll be Bart and Sunny. And then Friday.WePlayFullOut.com. And that's our that's our couples newsletter that we put out. And we have a little podcast there that we actually read the newsletter. And we go through the newsletter and expand upon topics and fun stuff like that. But if there's one place, I think that's it. If you want to get to know more about us, go to friday.weplayfullout.com and you'll be able to. And speaking of podcasts, we all, we're also on Apple and Spotify under I Do Epic with Bart and Sunny. 
If you had as much fun as we did just now, I hope that you'll head over to your favorite podcast player and leave a rating and review for the show or share it on social media. That's how other people can find this awesome content and we can spread the message that happily ever after is possible. Feel free to check out my website, monicatanner.com to find out more ways you can work with me. And as always, thank you so much for spending this time with me. We'll see you next week.